praise you, Lord, I praise you. Oh, I praise you. Yes, I praise you. How I praise you, my precious Lord. I love you, Lord, I love you. Oh, I love you. Yes, I love you, Lord, I love you, my lovely Lord. You are worthy, Lord, you're worthy. So you're worthy, so worthy. Oh, you're worthy, most holy Lord. Oh, the heavens and So, thank God for Moses, who obeyed the Lord. That's why the Lord was able to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And he didn't miss his crown. He endured and he received his crown. Otherwise, God would have gone to number two. Whoever would have said, Lord, me, I'll do it. Moses didn't do his job. Lord, I will do it. I'm willing to go through the desert. God would have used that person. So, we don't want to lose our crown because we don't want to go through the desert. But if we have that focus in our mind that our God, who is our heavenly Father, who is the maker of heaven and earth, He is going before us. Every step that we take, He's going to make every crooked path straight. In every desert, God will make springs to come out of the desert. That is our God who is going through, who we are going with. So we don't have to worry about the desert. Even if we see desert all around, we know when we need water, God will cause springs to come forth out of the desert. So that is the blessing. So thank God. Um, we're going to read Exodus chapter 4, verse 19. This is about Moses again. Exodus chapter 4, verse 19. Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go, return to Egypt. For all the men who sought your life are dead. So he is clearly over here, not in Egypt. He left Egypt and he has gone to Midian. And his, when he was there, God is showing that his desert experience is over. Now he's sending Moses back to Egypt. His training period is over. And the Lord now, he's taking him as a leader into the land of Egypt. Unless we come out of Egypt and go through the desert, we cannot be a leader to go back to Egypt and bring the people out for the Lord. So the path that we go through may look difficult, and we can hear things about that path, um, that it's very difficult, it's going to be difficult, desert is a very dangerous place, you know, full of heat, um, you can have scorpions, you can have desert snakes, and you can have... Uh, lack of food, lack of water, you can die from the heat, you know, stroke and everything. But if we take our eyes off of that, and if we put our eyes on the Lord, who is going before us? Who's taking us into the desert? That makes all the difference. Who is taking us into the desert, and who is going before us? So if He goes before us, if the Father in heaven, maker of heaven and earth, goes before us, even the desert will blossom. Even the desert will become a spring of 
poop. So God is able to bring manna in the desert. He's able to give meat in the desert. He's able to make flowers in the desert. So we don't have to worry about the desert, the term desert. As long as we know that God, who is the Lord of heaven and earth, who is our Father, is going before us, we can boldly say, Lord, I want to follow you. You take me into the desert, Lord, I'm going to go with you into the desert because you are with me. That is the key. We are not alone. He is with us. So, uh, one more verse about Moses. We're going to see from Acts chapter 7, verses 29 and 30. Acts chapter 7, 29 and 30. to John. Acts chapter 7 verse 29 and 30. Okay. Then at this saying Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian where he had two sons. And when forty years had passed an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. Verse 31, we can read verse 31 also. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight, and as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him. 32, saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not to look. Verse 33, then the Lord said to him, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. 34, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their groanings and have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. Verse 35. This Moses whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? Is the one God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of, angel, of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. Verse 36. He brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty years. There's a very specific purpose why the Spirit of the Lord is bringing what happened in the Old Testament in the life of Moses in the book of Acts. The Lord is showing that for 40 years, not one year, not two years, 40 years Moses was in the wilderness, not because somebody pushed him out, because he made a deliberate choice to suffer with God's people. He forsook the sinful pleasures in Egypt. He made a choice to follow the Lord into the desert. And because of that, look what happened. Just like we saw in Deuteronomy, where it says, the Lord on purpose didn't give food to give angels food. The Lord took him out of the palace, sent him into the desert. You know what? For the Lord to meet with Moses. Moses had a personal encounter with the Lord. He wouldn't have had this if he would have stayed in the palace. So you and I, when we go through the desert, we need to have this in mind that, Lord, I am following you, and I will have an encounter with you. Not one. God will give us many encounters with the Lord if we follow him faithfully. If we know that we are following the Lord and our desert experience is not because of our sin, but because of our faithfulness to the Lord, because of our obedience to the Lord. And the Lord over here clearly shows that there is a time frame 
just like we saw in the life of uh, Joseph, there's a very specific time period, 40 years in the life of um, Moses. Joseph was not, Joseph's time frame was not 40 years, it was 13 years. For Moses, it was 40 years. So very clearly we see each person's experience varies. It's not the same. So Moses, once his time was over, the Lord comes and he speaks to Moses. And he commissions him. And the very people who rejected him, he's becoming a leader over that people. What a glorious experience that is. So the Lord is so good. When we follow the Lord, we will never lose. We always gain. Because if he would have become, say, Pharaoh's son, became even the next Pharaoh, only people in the Egyptians in those days would have heard about Moses. And now, a lot of people, most people know Moses, even if they don't know the Bible Moses, they at least heard of the name Moses. And he's so familiar, and everybody knows about the Ten Commandments, and they know about parting of the Red Sea. And a lot of things, you know, a lot of um, court systems are based on the Ten Commandments, which Moses received from the hands of the Lord. And Moses had a face-to-face -face encounter with the Lord. So he would have missed all of those if he had said, I'll just stay in the palace. I do not want to suffer with the people of God. So he made the right choice. So we have to strengthen ourselves, encourage ourselves, saying that the desert experience that I'm going through, the desert period I'm going through, is for something far superior than what I can imagine, what I can even think of. Because that's why the Lord says, eyes have not seen, nor has the ears heard, what God has prepared for them that love him. Now Moses had no clue when he left Egypt. But God knew exactly, because he sees the end from the beginning. We only see one step at a time. We can't even see the next step. We only see right where we are standing. The Lord sees the end from the beginning, and he orders our steps. So it is a good thing for us to entrust our path, our steps, into the hands of the Lord. Whether it's the desert, whether it's the valley, whether it's the mountain, as long as God is our leader and he's going before us, we'll be fine and we will overcome and we will thrive and we'll inherit everything God has for us. So, praise God. We're going to read about Jesus. Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. Jesus went through the desert too. He was in the desert and his duration was different. He was there 40 days and 40 nights and he fasted and he prayed in the desert. And we're not going to go through the whole passage. We're just going to read one verse, which is verse 11, chapter 4, verse 11. What I want to highlight in this, what the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak to us is, when we go through our desert, one is we have an encounter with the Lord. Two is the Lord sends his angels to minister to us. When we feel faint and tired, the Lord sends his angels, because angels are ministering servants of the Lord. And when we are a child of God, angels come and they minister to us. And you know what? God sends them to us. So, apart from the Lord himself carrying us, apart from the Lord coming and speaking to us, now, God sends also his angels. Now, God knows what time to send what. When he has to come and speak to us, when he has to send his angels, and how many angels he has to send, what experience he has to give, what spiritual experience we need at that particular time, God knows that. So our job is to follow the Lord faithfully and the Lord will do his part. 
So this is another glorious experience, spiritual experience that we have when we walk through the desert. We have encounters with supernatural things that we will not have if we live in the city, if we live in a comfortable place, if we live in a palace. We're not going to see angels coming and ministering because there's no need for that. But if we are in a desert, that's when we say, Lord, I need help. That's when God says, go. He sends legions of angels to come and help. So, praise the Lord, we have a wonderful Father who hears our cry and who knows the path that we are walking through because this is not the first time He is going before us in the desert. God has taken many, many people through the desert many, many times before. And He knows how to go and scout the area. He knows how to give us the best food. He knows how to give us the best things. The only thing that the Lord expects from each one of us is, are you willing to trust me with all your heart? Are you willing to follow me till the end? Not like some people who came halfway through the desert and said, this is too much, I'm going back. You know why? Because they failed to keep their eyes continuously on God who went before. The same children of Israel. We, we see two categories. One is a group who saw the way that the Lord saw. The other one saw the way that Satan portrayed. When Satan portrayed people as giants, when Satan portrayed people as um, too big for them to overcome, they believed that. They did not see the one who was going before, who said, I'm going to fight the battle for you. But the other group of people, they chose to see the Lord. So because they saw the Lord, even though people looked like giants, they looked like grasshoppers. So that makes the big difference in our lives. How we look at things. Are we looking at things from God's perspective or are we just looking at things, not just from our own, but with the eyes that Satan will show in front of us. He'll magnify something that is small as big. And he may say that, oh, this is not possible. That is not going to be done. And you're not going to have this. Or this is how your life is going to be. Those are all the words of the enemy. We have a choice whether to take it or we have a choice to say, I'm not listening to any of these things. I'm listening to my God who is going before me and his commands, his orders will I follow. And those are the people who overcome and who will receive the crown. So with Jesus, we're going to see a couple of more verses. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Luke chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Um, actually, that's not the verse. Um, Luke chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, we'll read. Luke, Luke chapter 4, yeah, thanks, thanks, well. Luke chapter 4, yeah. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Luke chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. 1 and 2. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for forty days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. The purpose why the Spirit of the Lord has put this verse in the Bible, in this chapter, is for us to know who takes us into the wilderness. If we are following the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord takes us. He exactly knows the location where God is going to place us. He exactly knows, okay, this 
time period in this person's life. This is the path that they're going through. This is the path that they're going to go through. God already ordains everything. So according to God's plan, the Spirit of the Lord will take each individual into their wilderness. So if my wilderness is going to be one area, the other person's wilderness is going to be another area. And each person has a specific duration of the wilderness. That's what the Lord is speaking to us this night. And um, verse um, 2, verse 2 we see that there was a specific purpose for going to this wilderness also. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and he was tempted 40 days by the devil. So God didn't tempt. He cannot tempt. Satan was tempting. But just like we saw in the Bible with Joseph, with Moses, each circumstance that we are going through, it is for God to test us to see if we'll be faithful to the Lord. If we will pass the test to qualify for the calling that God has for us in order to send us back into Egypt to be a leader, in order for God to raise Joseph out of the prison into the palace to be a leader. God had to take him through that wilderness in order to test. And the word of the Lord, as we saw in Psalms, the word of the Lord tried Joseph. So the word of the Lord tries each one of us through our circumstance. Are we choosing to keep our eyes on the Lord and keep um, our eyes focused on Him and say, Lord, I know where you're taking me through. I'm not going to look at my circumstance. That's the, that's the point that the Holy Spirit wants to stress tonight is keep your eyes on the Lord who's going before. Keep your eyes on the Lord who is going before, who is making your crooked path straight. Don't look at your crooked path. Look at the Lord who is going before you to make the crooked path straight. Look at the Lord who is going before you, who has the power and who wants to turn darkness into light before you. So don't look at the darkness in front of you. Don't look at your crooked path. But look at the Lord. And don't feel like, oh, from here I'm seeing path is very long, so my legs are going to hurt. I don't know how long I'm going to stand this, withstand this. The Lord says, don't worry about that. When it's time for me to carry you, I will carry you. So all we need to see is the Lord. The Lord, who is the maker of heaven and earth, who is our loving Father, who cares for us. He's going before us. And He has a specific reason. And we need to also know that there's a specific purpose to this. God, just like He withheld food, to give angelic food to these people, God takes us to the wilderness to test us, to see if we'll be faithful to the Lord. So praise God, Jesus, when he went through the wilderness, he overcame each and every trial, every temptation that Satan brought by the word of God. So at this point, we need to also remember that the word of God is our sword, like we saw a couple of weeks ago. We cannot go into the battlefield without the sword, leaving the sword at home or somewhere else, saying that I don't need to know much scriptures, you know, I don't need to read the Bible that much. When it's Christmas, New Year, you know, Easter, I can read a few verses, have family prayer, birthdays, Thanksgiving, you know, dinner time. That's not going to help. That is like a person going into the war, trying to see how he can hold it, because once in a while he tries to look at the sword and puts it down. That's not going to help. So we need to be trained. In order to be trained, we need to know. We need to hold the sword. We need to know how to hold it. We need to know how to use it. And only the Spirit of the Lord can teach us. And that teaching comes through the wilderness. And 
what did how did Jesus come out of the wilderness? We'll read um, Luke chapter four, verses thirteen and fourteen. This is a very important verse and a very powerful verse. Luke chapter four, verses thirteen and fourteen. Now, when the devil had en ended every temptation, he departed from him until an appropriate time, opportune time. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out throughout all the surrounding regions. See, we see the same cycle repeat. Once the wilderness experience is over, God takes us and he places us in the place where he wants us to be. The preparation period is in the wilderness. But see how Jesus came out of this? Every temptation, every trial that Jesus went through, he overcame. When he finished, when he was done with it, when he overcame, now he is coming out with the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't come out like I'm exhausted, you know, from this, you know, nasty devil that's been bothering me, you know, every day. He came out like stronger. He came out more powerful because he overcame. It's like, it's like um, this. It's like a person who goes to battle. Even if the battle gets very, very hot, what happens is he keeps fighting and fighting. When he's done and he wins the war, he may feel like he's falling down. But the thought that he won it'll make him run 100 miles, go back to his place to say, I won, I won, I won, you know. So the Spirit of the Lord is with us. When we come through our wilderness experience, it's not just an excitement, like an earthly warrior, but it's much more than that. That excitement definitely is there. We are human beings. God has made us with emotions. That is definitely there, but there's some supernatural power that's been given to us when we walk through the wilderness. God enabled Moses to be a leader. God enabled Joseph to be a leader. So we see many more people in the Bible who walk through the wilderness, but we're just going to see one more, two more actually, but short. We're going to see um, about John the Baptist. Luke chapter 1 verse 80. Luke chapter 1 verse 80. This was a very special child. John the Baptist, who was a cousin of Jesus, was born to Elizabeth and Zechariah. They didn't have children for many, many years. And the Lord blessed them with a child, and this child was a special child. Once again, if you even look at their parents, the parents walked through a wilderness period where they did not have a child for many years when all the other people around them had children. But when that time came, the Lord blessed them with a very special, unique child. This child was no ordinary child, like the child next door. The next door neighbor's children would have been 50, even 50, 60 years old. That time these people had a baby, but they all lived an ordinary life. But this child really made history, John the Baptist. So that is the blessing of the desert experience that we are going through. And when we look at John the Baptist, John the Baptist grew and became strong in the spirit and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation of Israel. So once again, we see until he was placed in his mission. He had to be in the desert. And that's where the Spirit of the Lord strengthened him. So for each one of us, our desert experience is to strengthen us. Jesus came out of the desert, full of the Holy Spirit. 
Moses came out of the desert having an encounter with the Lord. Joseph, he came out of this, his prison and his desert experience having a powerful experience with the Lord. He overcame. God's word says, even though they hurt his feet with the fetters, the word of the Lord tried and he came out as gold. So that's the power of being in the desert, being strengthened by the Lord. And Jesus, when he came out, says, he was ministered by the angels and he came out with the power of the Holy Spirit. And his fame went through all over because his ministry was no ordinary ministry. It was a supernatural ministry. So if we want the same thing in our lives, if we want a supernatural life, if we want a supernatural encounter with the Lord, if we want God's calling on our lives to be fulfilled, a supernatural calling of God, with a supernatural ministry God has for us, God will take us through the wilderness. He will take us through the desert. And if we cooperate with the Lord and say, Lord, I want to walk with you into the wilderness. Take me, Lord. Take me right into the wilderness. I'm going. When we come forth, when we come out of it, we'll come out with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we'll come out like John the Baptist, growing strong in our spirit during our wilderness time. And when it's time for us to come out, we'll be like full of that charge, full of the Holy Spirit, ready to do what God has called us to do. Otherwise, we'll be useless, basically. But in the desert is where God pours His grace. So, the last person we're going to see is from Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 to 18. It's about Paul, Apostle Paul. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15 to 18. Verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, to reveal his Son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So there's a very specific period. Apostle Paul, when he got saved, when he gave his life to the Lord Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord led him also into desert. That is Arabia, which is desert, we know that. And he's saying that he did not ask people. He did not give thought to that, you know, whether I should go or whether I should not go, or he did not go ask his parents, he did not ask his friends. Do you think Arabia would be a good place to go? Is it comfortable? What do I need to take? Or do I have to go? Can I postpone it for another two more years? Nothing of that. He's saying that he did not confer with flesh and blood. That means when the Spirit of the Lord said, let's go. He said, Lord, I'm going. That's it. And the duration that the Lord had for Paul, Paul fulfilled it. And after that, he became a very powerful servant of God, used mightily by the Lord, who wrote so many uh, books of the New Testament used by the Spirit of the Lord because he went into desert. Not because he went into the city right away, but because he went into the desert. A lot of times people get saved and immediately the one of... Um, do exploits for Jesus, completely doing away with the desert. <laughs> that is not possible. It's like a child who goes into kindergarten and says, I want to become a doctor and takes the, you know, plays the scope and, you know, play um, first aid kit and says, I am a doctor. Child can stay all at once. But it is not a doctor. It cannot be a doctor in kindergarten. So we need to go through our stages, our spiritual stages in life where we have to really 
walk with the Lord through the desert path that the Lord has for us. So desert is not a negative. Anytime we hear about desert from now, we have to just have that in mind. That it is the most blessed place where we can be because that's where we are being built every day. That's where we are being built until the Lord takes us out. Like John the Baptist, that's where we get strengthened. Until Jesus came out to do his ministry, that's where he received his strength. Moses, Joseph, Paul, the Lord strengthened them all through the desert. So the same thing applies for each one of us. For prayer, please contact us at prayer at lbethelinternationalministries.org. That's prayer at lbethelinternationalministries.org. Or you may phone us at 001-845-360-0534. Once again, 001-845-360-0534. You may write us at El Bethel International Ministries, PO Box 966, Goshen, New York, 10924, USA. On the web, please visit us at www.elbethelinternationalministries.org.